This is Thancred, and you're listening to Aetherite Radio. Aetherite Radio? How exactly does that work? Someone get Burnholes in here. I need him to explain this to me. I need to know the law behind this. This is Burnholes. You spoony bard. And you're listening to Aetherite Radio. Please look forward to it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Lorecast from Aetherite Radio, Gamerscape's Final Fantasy XIV lore podcast. I'm Fusion X. Joining me in this episode, we have Anwil and Michael Christopher Koji Fox, and uh, had a little bit of technical difficulties here with the audio. Um, that's what happens when you're at E3 and dragging around equipment all day, I suppose. Uh, so we're just going to go ahead and uh, jump right in and uh, hope you guys enjoy it. And make sure to check out the uh, write-up for a few more questions that uh, didn't make it in this. So uh, you've mentioned in the past that Japanese players don't really get as into the story and the lore as English players do. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems a shame, since you said that Oda-san does like 95% of the raw creation. We'll be yeah. talking about him a little more lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, does he have a good idea of how deep we dig in over here, and has he ever expressed any sentiments about that? Um, yeah, he, he he does. I mean, he's not he's not that good at English um, because his brain is so filled with other important knowledge. <laughs> there's no, I don't think there's any room left for English in there. Um, but I sit right next to him um, and I tell him uh, about what's going on, and he checks all the sites and he knows that you know how deep you guys are into the into the, and all of your you know speculations and where you're right on some things and where you're wrong on other things and uh, I mean he knows and uh, he he really loves it. I mean he's a very very humble person. I mean you know the that last uh, the what the Nico Nico Chokai that we had um, uh, he was his first time on camera and I mean I don't know if you watched the video I was I there with caught, him. I got a little I saw you and, I didn't yeah, know that he that was he, he was him okay. next to okay. me and uh, he was so nervous it was funny yeah. and the thing is a lot of the Japanese fans love that because it's like oh he's so nervous and you could tell oh, that he's trying really yeah. hard and they fell in love with him for that I mean it, he's a great guy and he's so knowledgeable about stuff and you talk with him and you could just talk with him forever about tons of stuff he reads he loves western fantasy um, he's always asking me what I should what he should read next um, he reads Japanese fantasy as well he, he said he um, reads, tries to read a book a week even when he's busy and wow. he buys all of his books and he just built a new home because the old home he was staying in, the second floor uh, the actual floor was going to cave in because he had so many books <laughs> oh on the gosh. second floor, so he built a new house with a reinforced second floor um, so he could house all of his, I don't know, he has like six, 7,000 books wow. up oh there he's like, is it basically wow. all the walls are bookshelves and he's just putting his books there I mean, he's, he's uh, you know bibliophile he just loves yeah. he loves reading and absorbing information you talk to him it's just it's just amazing and he's got these great ideas and uh working with him has been great and so um when it comes to lore i mean he he knows that you guys are really into it and he loves it um you know and the thing is recently because he's starting to get out there the japanese fans are getting a little bit more into it and there's more people now that you know are craving those you know those that knowledge and so they're going on to the forums and asking more questions which is something we didn't see in at the beginning and it's um, it's kind of cool to see how it's, yeah. you know, we kind of started and lit the fire on the American side and now it's caught and it's going over to the Japanese side, which is really cool. I love that it's still growing. Like, um, thinking back to when it was just like five or six people squatting on a localization forums, like, yeah. did you mean this? 
And can you tell me about all of these? Yeah. <laughs> that should be cool. And hopefully, you know, future fan fest, I can probably drag, try to drag Oda-san over. That'd be so great. you guys could meet That'd him. That'd be great. Well. That'd be yeah. great. Yeah, we'll meet him. Um, okay, so we've been talking a lot about uh, the Battle of Silver Tear Skies lately. Um, but there's one thing that we're Here it comes. Here still it comes. not sure on. When the Agris hit the ground, we saw primals flying out of the explosion. Uh -huh. uh, was it literal, metaphorical? What was going on there? Has it come time for us to okay. finally figure it out? This is one that I had to. I asked Oda-san, I'm going to give you his answer. And he said, Why do calamities occur in, in, on Hydaelyn? Why was Midgard's armor protecting this lake? What was beneath it? 3.x. You will find out the answer. Beautiful. Ah, beautiful. So yes, we have plans on revealing a little bit more into the background of that. You know, on awesome. what's going on with the calamities, what's going on with Midgard's armor. Very, cool. very old questions coming back around this period. So yes, hopefully, hopefully things will finally much, much more solid foundation to speculate from. I think yes. we have a few of the old 2010 questions out there. Dig out, dig out our old uh, lore crafts. <laughs> See how All close right. we were. All right, so we can actually let some of that go now. We know that we're going to learn more about it. Just move on to the next. Um, uh, at FanFest, we had some people very interested in the nature of fairies, and we got a lot of information about mm -hmm. that. Um, thought we might talk about Eggy this time. So we know the story is that you're tainted by the etheric mist that comes about in a primal's defeat. Uh, can you be more specific about how that works and how that comes back out into the entity you summon? All right. So talk a little bit about, uh, again, the Aegis and uh, how this works. Um, that, again, some of this is stuff that's already covered somewhat um, uh, in, in the summoner quest line. But um, basically, every being has, uh, you know, is made up of ether, and it's your own ether. And that is you. Um, by taking your ether and splitting it, um, is how you create the You're taking part of you and you're splitting it and that split off part becomes the egg and you still have yourself. Um, the thing is you're maintaining both of these at the same time, which is why summoners can only do this with one egg because if you split off even more at once, basically you, you're losing a lot of yourself and the more you lose of yourself, the grip on yourself is gone and then you fade back into um, the live stream and die. And so, but that's not to say that there aren't certain beings in the world that have a larger pool of ether um, that, uh, that is resting inside of them. And so some other beings can maybe split off into one multiple eggies while maintaining their own ether and maintaining that balance before they uh, die. And as for um, the how to create the, the eggie, is that you mentioned before? You get that that the mist, that taint of the uh, the primal by defeating it, and that goes into you. Um, basically, this is also kind of explained in the summoner quest, um, but that you cannot. Again, you are creating an image of uh, what that primal was, and without ever having seen that primal, um, you cannot create that image. This is why basically you have to, you know see that primal, see it in battle, and then get part of its essence um, and have it attune that part of their ether and attune with that ether remnant. Um, and by doing that, then um, you know that primal and then you can create an eggy in that image. Um, so uh, there are no new eggies in 3.0. And the reason behind this 
kind of ties in with what I just told you, but it will also be fully explained in the 50 to 60 summoner uh, okay. lesson. Oh, nice. Okay, um, so throughout A Realm Reborn, um, we've seen soul orbs from people, from mm -hmm. primals, from Asians, uh, and even Midgard Swarmer. Are these orbs all of the same kind of origin? Um, are they part of primals, or did this just kind of, is this just representing like all of the living ether? Yeah, it's representing the living ether. If there's nothing okay. connected to something else that we haven't explained, it's, it's pretty much just yeah. that. There's nothing that is just the, the ether manifest, um, you know, when you've defeated it. Okay, it's nice to know exactly what that is, because mm -hmm. if you don't, you can, you can get some yes. kind of crazy theories going on. It's, it's, it's ether. <laughs> it's ether. Okay, living ether, got it. Um, Alright, um, Ifrit is the only primal that did not end up with a vocal track uh, of any kind whatsoever. Yes, primal judgment. Did you ever uh, go back and write some lyrics on your own time just to complete the sets? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't have time for that. I do not have time for that. I would... If I had time for that, I would love to do it. Um, but I think um, when Soken san creates uh, the tracks, um, you know, he has an idea of what he wants to do, and uh, that that uh, specific track is he didn't want lyrics with it. He made it to be an instrumental. Um, he had in his mind what he wanted it to be, and uh, so um, I mean, he's the composer and he's the one that gets to decide what the song is and so I would think it'd kind of be weird for me to say oh here are some lyrics you should use this when that wasn't his intention um, I think he had his vision and what he wanted to do so if he ever comes back and asks me hey I need some lyrics for this we want to do a different version I would definitely yeah. you know, go in and put it on there but until he does that I don't think I will um, but yeah he's given me a lot more songs to do <laughs> in recent weeks so <laughs> alright um, so with the Blessing of Light, the Warrior of Light mm -hmm. is able to manifest Crystals of Light. Uh, most are thematically connected with their acquisition, but the Water Crystal just sort of appears, depending on what storyline you choose and introduction. Is there any reason that crystal appears at that point? Does it connect to anything, or is it just is it how the story was told? Um, Oda-san said, yeah, you probably shouldn't think too deeply into this, and I'm not going to say anything else. So, okay. <laughs> there's no hidden agenda or anything weird in here. He's like, yeah, you should probably just let that one go. Yep. No, there's. I mean, there's all sorts of things that we think maybe we can look deeper into this. Yeah. There's also there's no problem letting things go yeah. when that comes up. This is one of those things. You Sometimes can let you go. just dig. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. okay. Needed to be in there somewhere, and that's where it was. Lindsay's canon. <laughs> um, back at Fanfest, you talked about how things, you know, mobs float and stuff, and they had a second bladder. So, how does the fat chocobo mount fly? Does it have a, you know, like a genetically modified second bladder? Is this cake magic? Is that how all, you know, these floating islands are floating? Are they? Is it magic cake? No, it's uh, it's basically it's that cake is enough to get that fat chocobo, <laughs> you know, flapping his wings hard enough to. To rise off the ground. That's some cake. good. I want some of that cake. That's some that, that cake. That's is, great cake. It's you know. Have, have have you told other people that explanation? No, but uh, we, that's the official explanation. Is it? It's that the cake. The cake is, so is just great. that good. It's he wrote anyway. This cake is great. Is what he wrote back. <laughs> and he even wrote it in English. That's the only thing and, that I've ever seen. Cake is anyway, great. this cake is. Oh, great. that's uh, that's uh, from Portal. That's right. Yeah, nice. That's right. When <laughs> See, he plays. He's a gay player too. So. When we were in line, when we were in line to check out 3.0 downstairs, uh, we were talking to the community, and we, we joked around about how you know every now and then there's a question that gets a really funny answer, like the Fantasia question mm -hmm. back at Fanfest. So we decided we were going to ask about the Fat Chocobo, and that's what they said you were going to say. Anyway, this cake is great. That that's the, exactly that the, cake, what you said. that the cake was motivation enough. Yeah. For the right. It is. It <laughs> is motivation left. Beautiful. 
Okay. Uh, back in version one, we saw Darnus activate some Alog tech below Carthos to mm -hmm. raise the Ribbon Road. Mm -hmm. um, were all of the floating lands made in this manner, or is some of it natural? Uh, what about that mountain with the floating peak out in Dravania? Mm. Um, yeah, this is. I would say that uh, most of this is. It's not. It's not elegant technology. This is all. Um, it's just all wind crystals going wild. Wind crystals gone wild. I think you can you can make a great TV show about that. Um, no, it's uh, you have these over aspected um, wind crystals that are basically wreaking havoc with the land, and so um, the areas that you've seen, um, like uh, the mountain that you see in the background, Somal. Um, that is what's happening there. Um, all of the floating islands that you've seen in uh, the Sea of Clouds and, and the Churning Mists, those two areas, um, yes, those are, it's, it's, it's over-aspected wind crystals. And you'll, we talk about that in the story as well. Um, that's not to say that there are some places, wink, wink, that um, <laughs> have been risen with the same type of technology that was right. used in Ribbon Road. So. Yeah. You'll see in a couple of days. There might which, be some which ones kind of, talking There might about. be some kind of giant floating <laughs> island covered. Oh yeah, in like a, a giant floating continent yeah, type thing. Yeah. With I think there's like, one of those. Yeah, in there. there's one of those in there. So, but yeah, that would be maybe yeah, same type of Riven Road elegant technology. Nice. Um, <laughs> speaking of maybe some floating continent, um, in the dungeon video that was released, yeah. we did see um, what was presumably uh, an elegant type dungeon on the floating continent, and we see some tubes with. Uh, it's all with wings. Um, so anything you can tell us about them and why they might be there, it looks a little bit like it might be a museum. Mm, well, uh, the the lore master has told me to. You should check it out with your you know, check it out with your own eyes, and that's going to be one of those things that we can't tell you here because you will find out in a few days. And worth a shot. I tried, but yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it will it will reveal a few things that there's that connection. The 2.x, and you'll get to I'm, some I'm, questions will be answered. I'm pleased to be looking forward yeah. to it. <laughs> Speaking of mobs that we think we know a little bit about, but yeah. might not, uh, the second coil of Bahamut mm -hmm. seems mm -hmm. to imply that the Lamia were Alagon mm -hmm. chimeric bioweaponry. Mm -hmm. But you get down to Sastasha hard mode, mm -hmm. and it seems to imply that they're overdrowned wenches. Mm -hmm. So, what are the Lamia? Can you give any insight to their background or? Origins of other enemies. That yeah, um, this is going to be another one of those things that um, are revealed uh, in the next few days. Um, you'll get to see uh, see with your own eyes um, again what why these uh, these creatures are here and where they came from. Um, the misinformation. Basically, you have you know in the two point X series, you have them saying two different things. One mm -hmm. is saying, okay, it could be, you know, it's an elegant creation. One of them is saying, oh, it could be. Uh, overdrowned pirates. Which one is it? Um, this is one thing that uh, we try to implement in the game on purpose. I think the English version does it a little bit more mm -hmm. um, than the Japanese version, but we usually, you know, it's both versions on it. But um, misinformation. Um, a lot of games, um, usually when you talk to an NPC, they tell you exactly what's going on in the world. And no one ever you know, doesn't know. Everyone knows everything. You know, you talk to this NPC and they seem to know everything about the lore of the game and everything is true. And when you think about it, that's, that's, we don't get that in, in our real world. People don't always have all the answers. There's, everyone thinks they have the answers and they're going to give you an answer like they know what they're talking about. But half the time it's like, yeah, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. And we wanted to give, it was that feel as well, that, you know, there were lots of different 
theories for lots of different um, things, but not everybody had the right answer. And people were assuming one thing because, you know, in their lives, yeah, if there's this crazy thing that's living in this cave and, you know, near Limsa Lamensa that kind of looks piratey, oh, it's got to be a pirate. What else could it be? Right. Because they don't know about Allegan technology. They just know about pirates. And they see this crazy person with, you know, two scimitars that it's trying to kill you. And oh, it's got to be a pirate. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's putting that type of misinformation in there. To, I mean, it, it makes the world feel a little bit more, you know, like you're going to actually have to go out. You can't just talk to this person and assume that he's telling you something correct. And I know you guys have probably found that. You know, go and you'll find people giving conflicting stories and figuring out which is the right well, one. Well, like I right think, now in, in Old Eye is a perfect example. Yeah. It's all those NPC yeah. that popped up after you finished, you mm-hmm. know, the, the main scenario right. quest and everybody thinks something else happened. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, I, I think that, you know, just makes the game that much more real. And of course, you know, I know that you guys want the actual answer, but we'll I mean, you've got to work for it. We'll right? <laughs> we've, we've known that mob names in particular fall under the, this, it, it might be the system name that the mob calls it, but it was named by Aorzeans. We've known that since, I want to say 2.0 yeah. first, because yeah, yeah, yeah. the Deep Void Death Mouse. We all mm-hmm. had a good laugh at the yeah, Deep yeah. Void Death Mouse. So, <laughs> it's like, we'll get to the truth. We'll find it. Yeah. But yeah, there will be answers um, for at least for the for the lady. There will okay. be answers. Cool. Um, so we know that uh, Skilla was the result of genetic expert, uh, experimentation. Mm-hmm. I can't talk experimentation by Aman. Um, in the world of darkness, though, we encounter Queen Skilla. So what's that about? Is there a story behind that? Well, this is all pretty much about uh, uh, cloning. Um, again, you learned about. Again, Allegan cloning through you know that Crystal Tower series and how you know they're really into cloning and they're cloning everybody, and uh, so you know you have um, lots of people that uh, are cloned, and then you have the the Cloud of Darkness, which again it's all about the sacrifices made to the Cloud of Darkness, and well, you know, Zandis is not going to go up and sacrifice himself here, sacrifice that clone, and so again it's. We're looking at clones here, and all of those guys are pretty much elegant clones. Okay. Okay, so, um... Throughout the Coil storyline, we explored several of the Ragnarok and mm-hmm. Neuralinks, but not all of them. Uh, for instance, we seem to have a broken Neuralink sticking out of the nail. Mm-hmm. Not far from it, we seem to have a Ragnarok stuck in Boulder Downs mm-hmm. that's very conspicuously surrounded by dark matter that we still don't know all that much about. But, uh-huh. um, will we ever enter these lost hulks, or do we simply assume they didn't survive the fall like the others? Um, there are a lot of them. Yeah, you're correct in the assumption that a lot of them didn't survive the fall um, and were destroyed, and that's, again, one of the reasons why um, Bahamut was able to, again, gain as much power because a lot of the stuff that was trapping him was not working anymore because they were so destroyed. But um, the um, there are some that, again, are not as destroyed as others, and so there might be a chance in the future to re-explore these. Um, again, it's more of a, you know, the dev team has other stories that they want to tell right now. And, you know, you've you spent enough time in these coils. It's mm-hmm. time, time to move, move on. on a little bit. Um, but... That's not to say in the future that there there won't be some um, opportunity, maybe, um, to re-explore some of these other ones. And so, um, again, it's one of those things that we can't really say anything right now, but it's not something that's definitely a definite no. Right. It seems it seems at a point uh, if you if you've used assets enough, there will be a time for bringing assets back. But right now, as long as you get the momentum, more assets, yeah. more assets, new things, new things, <laughs> new things. Right. 
Um, a lot of the Ally gear had draconic symbolism on it, um, a trait which seems to share with the Garlean Emperor's uh, regalia. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps House Darnus wasn't the only connection between the empires. Um, and, you know, Galvis looks kind of big and buff, <laughs> like some of the Alicans we've seen. Well, I mean, this is actually, you know, it's maybe not what you're looking for, but this is more of just like, you know, how a lot of, I mean, in, um, you know, in medieval times, a lot of houses, um, nobles would choose, you know, regal beasts to be, you know, on their house sigils. Um, you'd have like lions and wyverns. So he's not Alec, he's, Tar he's Targaryen. <laughs> Pretty much, you know, when you're thinking, okay, I need a symbol for my house and I need a symbol for strength. What's the strongest thing Dragons in the world? Just come right back. Dragons just yeah. come right back. And so it's just it. basically one of those things. The, Alleg the Alleghans knew that, yeah, when you look at it, dragons are kick-ass. So, yeah, let's, you know, design our stuff after dragons. Garland, same thing. When you look in the world, what's the most kick-ass? It's the dragons. And so it's, it's one of those things. We're not always looking for a mind-blowing connection. Just, can we rule something in? Can we rule something out? <laughs> um, okay. So we are going to see some of Abalathia's spine. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, in this patch. Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like there's some mythology involved in that name. Is Avalathia an entity? Where did that name come from? Um, well, uh, Mr. Oda has said we're not going to talk about the mythology behind uh, Avalathia's spine just yet. Okay. Um, but we can tell you a little bit about um, the makeup of Avalathia's spine um, so you get a better idea because right now we just have the map and it's kind of Here's fine. Little, yeah. And uh, so you have, the, I guess, the four different regions of the mountainous area. And to the north, in northern Avalasia, um, you have basically this is where um, most of the Hellsguards are coming. Remember, in the mm -hmm. warrior story, it talks about that the Hellsguards uh, all come from these mountainous regions that are close and they have, you know, their caves and they're close to the, you know. Um, it's up by Far Reach, correct? Yes. Okay. And, uh, and again, they're called Hell's Guards because a lot of these caves were directly connected to the magma that was, you know, s sleeping beneath these mountains. And so they believed themselves the guardians of hell because that's they thought that their caves were the entrances to hell. And so that's why they're called the Hell's Guard. Um, but yeah, so in the northern Avalathia, Avalathia is where um, uh, these the most of the Hell's Guards are originally from. Um, but right now you can't go there. And you can't go there in 3.0, so okay. that's one of those places. So that's so northern Avalathia is that. Um, southern Avalathia is basically it's Kurthis, and so uh, the Kurthis Western Highlands, um, the area that you could go in 1.x or you couldn't go in 2.2.0, but you can now go to again. Um, this is falls under like the, basically the foothills um, and lower Avalathia. Um, then you're going to have Western Avalathia, which is talking about uh, Dravania and uh, the the forelands and the hinterlands. Um, this is all controlled by uh, dragons. Um, and then of course in the, uh, the hinterlands is where Charlian was. And this is right on those foothills, pretty much at the end of Avalathia's spine. Um, and yes, you can go to all these places. I'm looking time, forward so. to seeing Charlian. Um, yeah, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh my god, that might be Charlian. Like, yes! And then of course then you have uh, eastern Avalathia, which is uh, pretty much connected with uh, Zelfatol, which is the, the Ixal. Um, main uh, area, um, and then also Girabania, which is the region um, that houses uh, Alamigo. And uh, again, you can't go to them yet, but on the eastern reaches of Avalathia's spine, that's what you're going to find over there. And then, of course, above that, you have the Sea of Clouds and the Churning Mists and all of those land masses that are above it. So 
not just yeah, down beast, below. The beastman lands in particular seem to be held back for, for something, a stronger level, perhaps a different story like that. But yeah, we've we've noticed a, a lack of the beastman lands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that out. We'll leave that out someday. Someday. All right. Uh, All right. Long ago, uh, Yoshida-san mentioned in an interview that Neil Fresny's story would, would be something he'd like to resolve someday. But we didn't get many references to it in Realm Reborn. Uh, with Lola Rito's ascension, might have it been kind of pushed back for Heaven's Word as Uldah becomes more prominent again? Might we see Heartstrike again? Um, this is uh, another uh, Ola-san answer. He asked me to say, do you remember uh, Neil's younger brother, Colburno? Uh, yes. I do. He will be making an appearance in one of the crafting uh, class job or the quest lines. So uh, I remember. That's all I can say. I, think, I, I, remember, I have a feeling I might know which one. I remember the contents of the Goldsmith 1.0 storyline, and I remember him saying that he uh, he rejected Lolorito several times on requests to remake Hardstrike. He might not have that power. But we won't, we won't get into that. Right. We won't get into that I at have all. so many ideas running through my head. We now. won't. <laughs> we will oh, know in a no. few days. <laughs> yes. Lovely Goldsmith. If only, if only I'd been like that guy with the deer stalkers and made <laughs> 705 <laughs> rings to turn in on a level 45 leave quest. <laughs> That's how you do it. Um, so how exactly, like, how canon is the Hildebrand storyline? Um, you know, Godbert is on, like, the Syndicate, which is, like, you know, the actual real Syndicate, but then a lot of the stuff in the storyline is exaggerated, um, you know, even some of the NPCs are claiming that things don't make sense. Yeah, and us working on those quests also sound kind of thing, this doesn't make any sense. Um, but, again, Olasan is gonna, is gonna say on this one, just like, it's it's up to the reader to decide on whether it makes sense or not. The only the not. only reason we ask is every now and then you'll see it come up in the forums. Like, you know, NQ came out like this. So that is absolutely support of how primals work, and we are going to bring that into our as a metric mm-hmm. of how to measure primals. But so we ask now is is don't take it too canon. Figure it out for yourself. It's up to you. Yeah, okay. that's that's what that's what Mr. Oda has told me to say. Which means that everyone can bring in as much of the metric as they want. Yeah, I, I am summoning so many chickens now. Every theory is in power. <laughs> um, a while back, we asked Yoshida-san about minions and how they came to be. Uh-huh. Um, and he mentioned that there was a person that was responsible for uh, most of them and that we might meet them someday. Um, is it a safe assumption that this person might be Godbert Manderville? Um, you know, crafter extraordinary? No, individual spreader it's, of joy? it's not Godbert. You can say that. It's not Godbert. And currently, I mean, the only thing that we know right now for certain is that, um, you know, the first manets um, were, I think it's in the, the gold smithing yeah. quest. It talks about um, managing, I think is the name, mm-hmm. was the first to create uh, those manet, the manets, the automatons there. And so all of the clockwork ones and the wind-up ones, those manet style ones, are all pretty much, that was the, the person who first created them. Yeah. And then everyone has been following that work since. As for floating tadpoles, gigant poles, <laughs> you're just gonna have to read the help text. Are there are there any <laughs> are there any plans right now? Do you know that to, to have anything involving the, the original minion maker outside of? Oh, um, in there? I I do not know of no. anything okay. yet. So, and he didn't mention anything here. So, he just said it's not Godbert. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so at the at the midpoint yeah. of every one of these interviews, before, uh, after the main questions we wanted to ask, but before any rapid fire questions we might get answered, uh, we like to ask. Uh, what what would you just want to talk about? Like, is there anything interesting that you've come across lately? Last okay. time you talked about compendiums. Yeah. Um, well, Dasan has said that he wants to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the the great Gubal Library, our our library that's that's going in. Um, finally, get a library that's going in. Um, it's it's not as expansive as maybe some players are hoping for, especially not what. Um, as big as I was hoping for, but it's it's a start. It and is. knowing that this is you know a game that comes with patches and expansions, mm -hmm. and you know having the starting point, you can only grow off of that. So I'm looking forward to that. But um, there's some cool stuff in there. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are thinking about oh, just a place where we can go and we can just sit in there and read books all day. It's, it's not going to be that, um, but it is going to have content in it, a lot of interesting content in it, and hopefully content that we can expand upon um, in the future. Um, and so, yeah, um, because it is, you know, you go there, go into that dungeon and check out um, some of the stuff that's in there. And hopefully it will give you a little bit of background on some stuff that, you know, you didn't know about. There's some, there's some cool stories that uh, we got to write in there and um, some cool stuff that didn't make it in this time that hopefully um, can make it. And I wrote a bunch of stuff for it. And cool. um, I have a really cool idea about, I mean, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Cape Deadwind which is on the map, but it's never been mentioned anywhere mm. in the game. And I'm like, ah, we got to talk about this. We got to yeah. you know, learn about it. And so I wrote up a story and it's like, it didn't get in this time, but um, hopefully it will get in soon. Um, another thing that, uh, well, that's what I wanted you uh, guys to know about is that um, Tata, she has a big role in 3.0, um, as she did in you know 2.x. But um, they did a lot of uh, detailed... Um, splits in her story as in not splits in the story as in like the story splits and you won't be able to see one or the other it's that as the story progresses she will have different lines they've done tons of lines that basically um, play off of what part you are in the story and what you've seen what you haven't seen and so going back and talking with her as you progress with the story um, in between quests after you've completed something going back talk with her and she'll do a lot of different things and have a lot of different lines and act very you know Lala Felon and cute and and she, she's the you know the Tataru that we you know know uh, that we know and love and we've come to love and because of her eccentricities and you know her cuteness um, so there's a lot of stuff in there especially if you if you're a Tataru fan so don't be rushing to those don't quest marker NPCs. Head back and you talk know, to everybody in that find, room. You'll find out where she is and where she's going to be waiting, and so you should go back before right. you yeah, go to that next. You know, oh, there's the exclamation point right there. And I'm going to go back and, and go in this corner and see Ingrid and a million girls fighting over him. Yeah, there's always little stuff like there's that. There's always little stuff, yeah. and the thing is, they kind of not overboard, but they added a lot of stuff for Tataru, especially. I mean, there's stuff for all of the characters, but especially for her. And um, I think Oda-san was part of writing a bunch of that stuff and getting those ideas in there so I know a certain group of people are going to be happy about that because when we were talking about all the things that were going right and wrong during the uh, finale what mm -hmm. we learned what might be happening mm -hmm. I remember there was a, a group of people who thought that her looking back on you five or six times was a little suspicious and maybe she might be the bad guy but if she's she's going yeah, to come back and talk to us that was a weird little smile that was kind of creepy she's going to come back and talk to us and be cute you she's might not she's going to kill me in my sleep or you something. might never not be know. stomping on our hearts just <laughs> yet you never know alright 
Well, I mean, there's no, there isn't a Lalafell in the Allegassian that we've seen, right? I mean, maybe... They're all, they're all <laughs> here-ish that we've seen so far. <laughs> that we've seen, remember? Yeah, yeah, right. What we see, my crude approximation, <laughs> I think, was the term. Oh, jeez. They're all Tataru. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so, um, this is just, like, rapid-fire right. questions. If we have time to answer them, yay. If we don't, uh, if it. we can, yay. If we can't, uh. Let's do it. Okay, um... We are told that the Charlayans helped rebuild the Aetherites we see yep. in A Realm Reborn. A long time ago, back in 2010 though, we were told that the Aetherites that we used to have were there when everyone arrived, and that perhaps that was the reason they chose to settle. Uh -huh. Who made those? Um, we do not know. And no even knows. even the, the Charlayans do not know. Um, we don't know if it were, it were the Allegans or if it were people before that. Um, supposedly within Eruzit, there are a lot of different theories on who it could have been, but really no one even knows. And what happened was, you know, like you said, um, there were those, those etherites were there and they were useful. And so a lot of communities, um, you know, after the calamities and people are come back to rebuild, they kind of, you know, form their cities around these useful places, um, places where there are the etherites. And, uh, um, when you know the calamity you know came down and the Charlians are like okay we need to help out the people they're able to adapt the technology um, that was left there but definitely they don't know who created it they just figured out how it worked and so they're able to adapt we'll it just, we'll just use this nothing bad will yeah, happen nothing bad will happen um, <laughs> we think hope right um, but yeah so uh, we really don't know and um, you will see that in uh, if you go into the Dravanian uh, hinterlands um, there is actually uh, an, a, a location where um, it was actually an etherite uh, manufactory where the Charlians really? were, were doing their uh, etherite creations. So you, have cool. to, you have to look for it. That's I, don't cool. think it's, I don't think it's named anything, but you'll, you'll, you'll be able to see it. Is there, is there any explanation? I noticed when we, we were playing it, um, there's a lot of different shapes now for yeah. etherites. Does that get explained anywhere? Um, I do not recall, but yes, there are a lot of different shapes. Okay. <laughs> uh, another question, just to kind of redirect some forum mm -hmm. debate back to something more productive. Uh, you mentioned that 1.0 took place in what you called a Simpsons bubble. Yeah. Uh, 2.0 and onwards, are we still in a bubble, or is it just patch equals canon and time can move now? The, it's still a bubble, because you have to have a bubble. I mean, if it's not a bubble, then things go crazy. I mean, there's still players that are going to be joining at Heavensward, but starting at the beginning. So, um, just think of it as the bubble got a little bit bigger, but it's still that bubble. Okay, so the bubble expands. We know we know now patch equals canon, because you can go back and cook dinner for zombie Nanamo if you decide to level culinary now. But that's not... <laughs> uh, you just go back and you change your making brains for her now. And... There was there was talk of, like, how are we going to do this? Do we, like, make it like she's an imposter that the, you know, that the... Um, that Olda put out so people wouldn't think she was dead and cause panic and the, you know, it just turned there, out I mean, there are a lot of ways you could cover it up, but when it comes yes, down to it, do you need to? Yeah. I mean, there and it was also just like, yeah, do you, would you rather have us trying to cover our butts on something like this, spending all of our time trying to cover our butts on something that maybe 1% of the people are going to see, or yeah. spend it on creating lots of new content, which is way more interesting. Yeah. When and it so, comes down to it, just telling people, whatever patch it came out, that's what order it happened in, I yeah. don't think a lot of people are going to have a problem yeah. with that. Um, so triple triad cards. So if, if, if I'm like in Eorzea, who the hell are Cloud and Squall and all these other characters from Final Fantasy? You know, I mean, I know they're from Final Fantasy games. They're but legendary are they? heroes from times of yore. Is pretty much all I can say. So they're aliens. 
Free <laughs> <laughs> elegant name. Yeah. Um, just you know, heroes of of myth, um, whether they existed or not, did did Ulysses exist or was he a creation of Homer? Well, of course he existed. <laughs> and of course there was a golden fleece. And of course he fought skeleton men in stop motion. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> Um, so there's a silhouette visible from the Monument Tower of Corthos that looks uh-huh. pretty darn close to uh, Castor Marit, uh, Marinum, uh-huh. uh, but the size and the angle seem to be kind of wrong. Does Marinum have a twin out there? All right. Um, this is from Olathan. This is a place that's called the Castrum Aquilonis, and uh, it was it was basically um, the Empire started building it, but it was way too cold. Um, the the climate was a little bit too harsh, and so they stopped building it halfway through, and it is now then. Hmm. Gosh, wow. wow. That's all I can say, because that's all they wrote, and that's all they told me I could say. <laughs> I, I mean, we, we went back and forth on it. It seemed like someplace else. We thought it might be connected to something, because we saw it in the concept art. The Marinum didn't look like it was out there, but I mean, eventually I did settle on, you know what, it's in kind of the right direction. It might just be a map. So <laughs> nope, it is. No shit. Nope. It is wow. uh, half-finished. Castrum. That it was just a little bit too harsh a climate, a little bit too cold, and so they gave up. I like that it even has a name. Yes. That's great. Alright, so back in 1.0, going way back, pulling out one of the old school questions. Um, there were little statues around the Gilmore ruins. They look to be made of the same material as ambush scale rock. What are those? Where did they go? If you can tell us. They looked a little like Tom Berries to me. All, all we can tell you is that they're not Tom Berries. That's all we can they might have looked at them. They're not. And that's all we can say. <laughs> so we might we might figure out something to connect that's back to That's all I can no? say. <laughs> all we can say. Never <laughs> talk about it again. Well, until next year when you ask me the next year. There you go. Okay. I, there's, a, there's a list of questions that we're not and then, asking. And then you'll say they're still not Tom Berry. <laughs> there's, there's a list of questions that we're not asking again. And there's a list of questions that we might ask again. again. If we ever see another hint related to it. Mm-hmm. And maybe mm-hmm. that's the right time. Yeah. Alright, um, so, was Midas non-Garland tempered too? Um, even the Garlands don't know. Wow. It's one of those things that's unknown in the world. And because I'm unknown in the world, I can't tell you. That's because, that's fair. Yeah. 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 But even, even, even the Garlands don't know. Even they don't know. Um, people have assumed that there were, even in world. Um, some people think no, there's no way, but... Unknown for it's unknown. It's and it's not unknown because we don't know. It's unknown because it's unknown in the world. Yeah. Okay. So many places have been restored after the calamity. Some have not. Um, Milvaneth's aquarium is still closed. Is it? Is it going to be closed for good? This is like the last one was inside the world. We don't know. This is outside the world. We don't know. <laughs> As in dev team, we don't know yet. Okay. It's one of those things that if you know if we need it, we can open it up again, or if it's it. We don't have any use for it. It might just stay closed. I was actually it's, I was surprised that that one was not reopened first, considering it was right. more associated with the wealthy. Mm-hmm. I think they would have mm-hmm. gotten behind yeah. that. And, it, and it's interesting. I was you know before Heaven's Word, I'm trying to like okay, I gotta get this on, I gotta get this on, I gotta cap, you know finish Black Mage. And I'm like, wait, this place is you know I'm looking at the text I'm like why is this still closed? This doesn't make any sense. Almost almost everything on this list is someone someone something someone has come to me about and has been like, do you know? And I don't know. And. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We scratched our chins about it for a bit, and they're the ones we didn't forget about. (laughs) Um, So, we have have heard of two other names in the Ool line long ago, uh, Sasabal and Mm -hmm. Nanasha. Are either of those related to Nanamo? Yes. Like parents? Yes. 
Their parents. They're her parents? Yes. Wow. That was very, that was now you know. We actually got it. Now you know. <laughs> See? You asked all the hard ones first and left the yeah. other <laughs> We're going to end on a yes. I'm, surpri- I'm surprised we actually, I, I, I was a little hesitant to believe that we might have gotten both of her parents' names just free-floating in the world yeah. like that. They might have gone back a couple more, but awesome. Very yes. cool. There you go. Um, Swallowtail Rome. Got a quick Yay. mention in A Realm Reborn. Um, is it still relevant? Uh, can it be seen anywhere from the land? <laughs> I'm going to say that yes, all of you out there that wished you could learn more about Swallowtail Rome and what was going on, you'll have the opportunity in 3.0 nice. to find out yes. about Swallowtail Rome. I miss the Lemons storyline. <laughs> I love it so. But um, it's coming in. It's coming in a in a way that you probably won't expect. That's all I'll say. But it is pretty awesome. That's cool. Okay. I'm already like getting like Lorecraft like ideas. I'm like hmm. Alright, so that'll wrap up this episode of Lorecast, special uh, E3 2015 edition. Huge thank you to uh, Koji Fox for joining us and taking the time. Love it. To, uh, thank to you questions. so much. This is the best part of E3. Yes, I, I couldn't have I couldn't said it better myself. Um, and so that's it. We got some other stuff coming up on the site. Uh, I think uh, we'll have another kind of little summary for some 2.0 stuff at some Definitely. point here. Um, More than one. <laughs> we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. Please, please uh, look forward to it eventually. There you go. Please look forward to it eventually. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you here next time.